Welcome back and good to have you. For those of you on the network, it's great to have you joining us for this particular hour and on. 877-867-1670. That's the phone numbers. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also uh, hit us up. Uh, over on uh, the Instagram page, The Bill Michael Show. There's Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. Um, you can find us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Uh, you can watch us there. And uh, we have an early uh, Brewers game today, so you want to listen to us on the app. Take us anywhere and everywhere, and we keep uh, pressing it. Plus, um, there are going to be some stations that don't take the postgame show uh, coming up for this NFL season, So in the huddle and such. So, you want to make sure that you download the app and you follow us on YouTube. That that's Those are the two ways to track us down the best. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michael Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michael Show. And to listen to everything, and, you know, everything that goes over the air is also going to come through the app, and that is the Zone Madison, the Zone Madison. And for those of you on the uh, live stream watching, that's what the uh, Zone Madison app looks like. The Zone Madison, it's got the state capitol building there in the background. The Zone, Madison, Wisconsin, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM. That is the app, and you want to download that, and you put it on your uh, put it on your mobile device, put it on your laptop, put whatever. Whatever it is you have, your your iPad or your you know Samsung pad, whatever it happens to be, uh, download it, and you can listen to us everywhere, everywhere. And the delay is negligible. It's maybe six, seven seconds, something like that. It's not, it's not too bad. So uh, find us on the apps as well. Listen to us. And then after the fact, uh, if you want to go back and check it out again, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, see what you missed. That way you stay in touch with the show. But we appreciate it. We've, we're growing the social side. Uh, we love being over the air. We love being able to come into your car. We love being able to come into your, into your house, into your headset while you're out for a jog, maybe working out, maybe there in the office, whatever it is you're, uh, you're doing. What, we, we love it. Uh, but keep filling that social media uh, side of things as well because you can stay in touch with us that way. And we continue to grow. And you continue to grow us. So thank you so much. Uh, also, if you want to get a hold of Grant Bills, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco, W-I-S-C-O, at Wisco Grant. You can find uh, Grant Bills there as well. And uh, so uh, the, the question that we've been asking today is best quarterback in the NFC North and between Justin Fields and Jordan Love, who would you rather have? Who would you bet on to have the better season this year? This year. Uh, Rick says, I've seen nothing from Fields that suggests he's going to be a great passer. I think Love's going to be a better quarterback. However, Cousins is the best quarterback, followed by Van Goff. So Rick says, look, I'm going to go with Love over Fields and Cousins to be the top dog in the division. That's kind of where I'm at. I still don't know between Fields and and Love just for the fact that I have not seen Love win a game. But I, uh, I, I, just from what I saw early pre last night. Okay. And I want to go back to this because there's two things. One was uh, our question, uh, from, uh, the, uh, live stream, which we take a lot of stuff from the live stream. We try to see it all. We just don't get to everything. But the first one was, I trust Jordan love because nobody that's a veteran on the green Bay Packers asked to go to another team because they quote, don't want to be a part of a rebuild. The guy that keeps calling it a rebuild is David Bakhtiari. 
but there's nobody else on this team that is talking about a rebuild. Um, maybe David is just trying to set the bar lower so the expectations aren't as high, and maybe he's being that, quote, veteran leader. Uh, I didn't see a guy like Elton Jenkins say he wanted out. You know, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, any of those guys, you know, they're still talking about, you know, winning and growing and such. You know, they they don't, you know, they they don't want to be holdovers, placeholders for another. I mean, they're being paid well, but they don't want to be placeholders for other guys. They want to win, too. Uh, Rick says, is Dave the oldest player now? Yes, he is. I believe he is. Um. You didn't see Aaron Jones. You didn't see Jair. I mean, they just paid Jair. You know, these guys just want to go out and play. But these are also the guys that Mike Clemens was talking about last year, and we discussed numerous times that they kind of said, hey, when Jordan gets a shot, we got his back, man. We, we believe in him. So they believe in him. Uh, I don't know whether that's going to translate to anything as far as wins and losses go, but they believe in him. Now, this is the thing that I said last night, and the question came up uh, was – Jordan Love had, a, if you look at his numbers, he had a good preseason. And I I thought, okay. He, he didn't throw a pick. Had a few touchdowns. Had movement, rolling out left, rolling out right. We talked about all of that. The one thing that I want to see, and I can't get this out of my head, I remember the Kansas City game. Steve Spagnuolo, one of the better defensive coordinators in the league, came after him, confused him, came after him. Matt LaFleur fell on the sword for that game, said I should have changed the game plan, I should have made it more conducive to, to Jordan's ability and his, his read ability, but we just went with the game plan that was already in place. Okay, So Matt Love kind of took the bullet for that, or Matt LaFleur kind of took the bullet for Jordan Love. I still cannot get it out of my head that a team that schemed specifically for Jordan Love made him look bad. No other team has done that because he has not started against another team. He came in in the second half of the Detroit game, and Detroit kind of schemed for him, and he didn't look great. Last year he came in after Rodgers got hurt in the fourth quarter against Philadelphia and looked pretty good. But they were changing it up on the fly, and, and so it is what it is. And they had quite a big lead. Um, so I, I can't fully jump into the Jordan Love pool until I see a team or two or four that have schemed specifically for Jordan Love. They've looked at what he's done through the first couple of games, came after him, and he has been able to then get out of that, get out of harm's way, and still produce, and hopefully win games. And and Rick says Tom Clements has him playing a lot better than when he was playing against Kansas City. I agree with that. But we don't know that because we have not seen a team specifically scheme for him. And you can't go by preseason because preseason is very vanilla. We all admit that. Because if you're going to say, well, you know, the, the Packers really didn't show a whole lot and didn't go downfield a whole lot because they're just going to keep it vanilla. Well, so are defenses. So I just want to see, I want to see the Bears come after him. 
I want to see Atlanta get after it. I want to see pressure in some way, shape, or form on the road via fans and energy in the house get after it. And I want to see them overcome those things. You know? Uh, Rick also says a week 10 against Tomlin's defense will tell us a lot. No. It, it will, but by then we'll know. If you got to wait till week, ten, till week 10 to figure out what you got, then, <laughs> then you haven't got much. You'll know probably by the you know week four, week five, you'll know what's coming. You, now, you don't want to see the same mistakes over and over and over again, so you, you're going to go through some growing pains, and those are acceptable. But the continuous of those same mistakes is not acceptable. So we'll see. I'm not saying they're going to make them. I'm just saying that that's, that's the standard by which you're going to be judged. Um, Paul says, name one thing that makes anyone believe love is a good quarterback. We are being sold. We are being sold it just like Lazard is taking over for Adams. The little things that I saw out of Jordan Love in preseason, I thought were 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 good. Uh, the and again, I go back to the game against Cincinnati. The rollout to the right on a comeback route or an out route, I should say, by Christian Watson. It was a short one. It was maybe a seven to ten yard out route, and Jordan Love on the run put the ball upper outside shoulder to where only Christian Watson could get it. And it went for a first down. Really good pass. Really good move. I can't remember. I still, to this day, I can't remember the receiver's name that went out on a pass uh, when a rollout to the left happened. Sat in the soft zone. And before he turned around, the ball was already in the air. And it hit him right square between the numbers. It was a really good pass on a rollout to the left by Jordan Love. Little things like that. You know, the pass downfield that hit Christian Watson in the hands. Little things like that. You know, Musgrave on a crossing pattern. You know, didn't lead him so much that he would get him in harm's way, but put it right in the front of him, but chest high to where he, only he could get it. He never threw a pass that was a uh, that was more likely to be intercepted than it was to be caught. He always put a pass in the way of his guys. And if indeed a defender was going to get to it, they were not going to get two hands around it to be able to grab it and, and pull it in for an interception and a turnover. So those little things that I saw out of Jordan Love, that made me stand up and take notice because those were not things that we had seen in prior years. So that was good. That was good. And you have to acknowledge that. As far as, say, the arm feel, uh, the downfield strength arm-wise, it's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. But again, like, I, like I've stated before, preseason is fundamental. Preseason is, is you're not coming out with all-out blitzes and, and you're not playing press man with switch over the top zone. You know, you're not doing all that kind of crazy stuff. You just, preseason is, you're, you're getting your work in. You know, you go in, you make your reads, you run the plays that you've been working on, and you try to run them to perfection. Nothing crazy. Nothing surprising, nothing like that. You just you just trying to do your thing and do your job right. That's what you do, and he did it well. 
but now I want to, now, now it's for real. Now you've got teams that are scheming for you. And believe me, Chicago, to have them, it, it's a great, it's almost like it's a shame that they're coming the first week because you'd love it to be, you know, against New Orleans, you know, kind of a, or against Atlanta, you know, kind of a, a vanilla, meaningless, you know, in the sense of, you know, in your division game, get your feet wet, and then you get into the rivalry games, you know. But right away, not only are they putting them against Chicago, but they're putting them against Chicago in Chicago, a team that, you know, Aaron Rodgers owned, Brent Favre owned, and now their fans, their fan base is feeling like the clouds lifted. We can beat this guy. Our guy's better than this guy, although down in Chicago, they're not uh, they're not singing the praises of Justin Fields right now. They're more skeptical than ever, I think, to be honest with you. Like, maybe he's already hit a ceiling. But that's – that we're, we'll find out quickly. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Find us. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Let's get back to it. The Michael Show. Hopefully uh, you're having a, a good day today. Uh, let's get to the phone calls. Lenny, I've uh, been on hold a while. Lenny, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing good. Um, my question is, has anybody, have you com- compared Justin Fields' quarterback rating to Jordan Laws for the preseason? Uh, I have not. I'm just I'll curious take a look what at it. Would it. Be. And then okay. another thing is, I was wondering, I I sort of have a lot of faith in the Green Bay coaches, and I feel like Jordan Love is going to be a lot better quarterback than what some people feel he's going to be. Because I don't think they would have let Aaron Rodgers go if they figured that he was going to be a bust. I have faith in our coaches. Um, I think, well, I, I, think, I mean, go ahead. I think Jordan Love is going to be probably either the best or the second-best quarterback in our division. Uh, I hope you're right. That would be great if he was, especially starting off, uh, you know, early like this, if he ended up being the first or second best in the division. I mean, considering the numbers that Goff put up last year and Kirk Cousins put up last year, I mean, if he ended up being the, the say, the second best overall, I mean, that'd be, that'd be that'd be pretty fantastic for his first time out. Yes, it would. You know? I, I, yep. That would be great. But that would be awesome. Anyway, that's sort of my thought. I think I think he's going to be better than we think. Okay. All right. Appreciate it, man. He uh, he drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to... I'm trying to find out. Um, yeah, they don't have it. I'm trying to get this uh, preseason statistics. Preseason stats are weirdly harder to find than you'd think. Yeah. Because I, I yeah. was talking to Lenny off the air. I said, I'm going to go find those preseason stats. And they're kind of buried and not easy to find. It, I, I didn't really find what I was looking for. Right, I know. Um, um, did you, okay. 
Yeah, they don't give you. They don't give you overall. Huh. Weird. I, I like. I'm even in the uh, the media section of the NFL, and this is going to take a minute because it's really weird. Because you go to the Green Bay Packers, and all they list is defense, defensive statistics. So I get um, it's a little strange. Um, yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll track it down. It's a little little bit different, to be honest with you. They show more of the defensive stats. Then they do the offensive stats. Um, and when you go to look, say, for, you know, running back statistics, they, they, they don't report it. Weird. Uh, okay, I have to go back and look. We'll, we'll track it down. I mean, it's out there. It's just you've got to kind of look in the right places. Uh, let's go to Steve listening to us in Eau Claire. Steve, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, Bill. How about you? I'm good today. What you thinking? Good. Say, um, I guess you were already talking about this, but uh, my radio station doesn't pick you up until the second hour. But um, I guess the story that this morning from ESPN that the Packers were trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor, that mm-hmm. to me is mind-boggling. I mean, if there is any position where I would think we don't need to make a trade right now, it's running back. This, I mean, especially after what we saw from Emmanuel Wilson in the preseason. You know, we got, right. we got two backs in Jones and Dylan who – complement each other better than any other duo in the league. Jones took a pay cut to stay in Green Bay, so he obviously wants to be here. He's had 3,000-yard seasons in the last four, probably would have had four out of five if McCarthy had used him properly. I know Dylan isn't as much of an every-down back, but he's you know still a fan favorite whose I guess, style of play is better suited for later in the season when Jones's style is not always the most effective. Right. I mean, I, I get Taylor being a badger and everything, but I just I cannot believe we would have made a push for him given what we already have in the running back room. Yeah, it's a little bit strange that they made that call. And they may have just made the call. They may have just said, hey, if we can put two great running backs in the same backfield, okay, we can do that. Uh, Some feel that maybe it was because, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is going to cost you quite a bit of money maybe next year, but Aaron Jones clearly wants to be here. So do you go with that kind of a one-two punch? Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to be the two in a one-two punch. We all know that. So maybe they were just trying to, you know, do anything and everything they possibly could to bolster the offense, I guess. You know, uh, via, you know, maybe cutting loose A.J. Dillon or something to that effect. I don't know. But, I mean, anytime you try to get better, I don't mind it. But, again, it could have been just a phone call to say, hey, what are you guys thinking? And that could have been it. Uh, beyond that, we we don't really know because both the Packers and the Dolphins um, were, were, I guess, interested in him. But, you know, really not willing to give up much to get him, let's be honest. Otherwise, the deal would have been done because he's clearly not happy in Indianapolis, and they put him on the pup list anyway. You know? Yeah, I just uh, it's so even even if they were to let Dylan walk after this season, which I mean he is in the final year of his rookie deal, so I guess it is possible. But uh, yeah, I mean I, I just I cannot picture Taylor wanting, like you said, Taylor wanting to be the number two in a one-two punch like that. Right. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't see it either. To be honest with you, I appreciate the phone call. It, it, it was a little bit because I I, I got to be honest um, when I heard it, it was something that I had said to myself. Would the Packers be interested in him? And I thought, nah. You, you got two running backs that you know are already pretty well established. One more that's coming on that's probably not going to see a ton of playing time. 
And Jonathan Taylor is not going to be the three in a one-two-three punch. He wants to be the one, but that's Aaron Jones' job. And Aaron Jones wants to be here. He's took a pay cut to do it. Most likely would take another one to do it unless he has some kind of an incredibly spectacular year this year. So how does Jonathan Taylor fit into all of this? Now, as far as, you know, if I'm good against, I'm saying anything I can do to get better, anything I can do to really take the pressure off of my quarterback, okay, that I understand. That I understand. But other than that, nah, I just didn't see that happening. Are we really saying that that AJ Dillon has become so good that you know he couldn't you know be served well with a little competition? No, I'm fine I, with pushing I, AJ Dillon by bringing in. Another I am guy. too. I am too. But I can't imagine Jonathan Taylor wanting to come into a one-two-three man running back room where he's not the number one. That's fair. He also requested a trade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, yep. dude, you requested a trade. We got you out of Indy where you you weren't driving with the owner. You weren't getting along with them. So we brought you here. I. I don't know. Jonathan Taylor can only ask for so much. If he wants out, he can't also handpick his destination. Right. Yeah, It's and, and he's under a rookie contract, too. I mean, he doesn't have uh, – he will not have the cachet until he comes back and puts uh, you know up another solid season to where at the end of this year, no matter where he's at, he can say, okay, I want out of here. You know, get me out of here. So I, then maybe – He's got a little more, uh, he's got a few more suitors saying, okay, we're willing to give up a little bit more to get him. But right now, rookie contract, I mean, it's great to have, but you know you if he has a great year, you're going to lose him anyway, most likely if you're a team that's up against the salary cap because he's going to be a guy that's going to make a ton of money probably on the free agent market before it's all said and done. So what? you don't want to give up a ton to, to get him because you may not even keep him. 877-867-167. It's just a really weird conundrum for where he's at right now, only in the third year of his deal. This now is the time that he should be kind of thinking about, well, are they going to extend me or are they going to redo my contract? But, um, and he's, he has done more. And let me say this. He has done more with probably less than say Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has had, when he started griping about not getting paid, he was in that third year, but he had only given – he looked decent in his rookie season. And then he had a year – two years in which he was banged up, played basically good for half a year and still has not completed a full season to where he's given you those solid numbers completely and throughout. And yet they paid him. They And now they're stuck with that albatross around their neck because, if I mean, if this doesn't work out this year, let's say he plays a whole season this year. And if this does not work out, then, <laughs> boy, you've just put a ton of money into a guy that just – again, is one of these one-hit wonder failures that has a ceiling that he's already tapped, and but you paid him for the exponential ceiling of that being glass to break through it, whereas Jonathan Taylor has had better seasons, consistent, and has done more with less. So he's probably, understandably, wanting more money than maybe some of these other guys that have gotten paid and haven't been able to produce. But we all know that the life of a running back in the NFL is usually two to three years. So you use him up while you got him, and... Maybe you wait and see what he's got this year, but we all know he's going into this season already on the pup list. Ryan Wood reporting, by the way, that the the extent of the conversations were just a Packers scout calling Indianapolis. Right. So I, I don't even think Goody was involved. So th- this was. 
far from becoming a thing. It is interesting to think about what Jonathan Taylor in Green Bay would look like, Bill, just for fun. I weirdly think it would maybe work for Jonathan Taylor because he doesn't want to be running to the ground this year. He's trying to get a contract. So come hang out mm-hmm. in Green Bay, play some high-quality football with Aaron Jones and, and guys in a situation where you enjoy yourself, and you can be one back in a backfield of a couple of guys so you don't get run into the ground only to hit the free agent market next year all worn down and, and torn up. Maybe it would work. The one thing I will say is he would be running behind a veteran offensive line. Now, it's not a great mm-hmm. run-blocking offensive line, but it's a, a veteran offensive line that has been able to open up holes for Aaron Jones to be successful, and the passing game would be successful, you would assume, so or at least have a hope for. So, yeah, he could have a but, – but who then becomes the, the bell cow? Because he's playing for a contract, you know? He's playing for that big extension. And Aaron Jones is playing for his job. So who are you going to take snaps away from? Well, and that's the the tough part about being a running back in 2023 is if he takes a step back this year, Bill, and is part of a backfield with other guys in Green Bay, his numbers aren't as good. So that hurts his negotiating platform. But if he goes to Green Bay and rushes for 1,500 yards and is amazing, then next year GMs are going to tell him, well, yeah, a lot of workload, a lot of wear and tear on those legs. It's almost like he can't win. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's it, it's a very tough situation because as a running back, you're trying to prove your wares. But if you do it in a tandem backfield in which you're only getting half the carries and you're still not going to bust a thing. I mean, if, if both running backs bust, say, 1,200 yards and you're running wild and you're a part of an incredible passing game and, you, you, you know, your team's heading to the postseason, you can say, well, look at the season they had. You know, just what, what an amazing season. But did one do it without the other? Could one have done it without the other? You know, and you also run into that. Uh, it's 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 a staggering conundrum when it comes to trying to make money as a running back in the National Football League because there's not one team out there that can do it with just one back. And Jonathan Taylor, for the most part, has that in Indianapolis where he could probably, if he just made it through this season and and performed extremely well in what is considered to be a less-than-stellar team, then maybe he can print his own money. By the time it's all said and done, maybe he can begin to raise the level and raise the bar for uh, running back pay in the National Football League. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, Really interesting thoughts today regarding all of that. Hey, there's a sportsman's night coming up. Got to say thanks to our friends at Stolzol 109, by the way, which uh, they are uh, one of the second, they're the second to last stop on the motorcycle ride coming up this weekend. But they uh, also have a uh, large group of tickets for the event for the Sportsman's Night that's upcoming. If you want to follow them, go to Stoll's uh, Old O-L-D-E 109 over on Facebook. they got a Sportsman's Night coming up. The doors are going to open up at 5, dinner at 6.30. they got raffles. Uh, they've got gun boards, door prizes, and hosted uh, at Stoll's Old 109 as well. But exclusive, limited ticket availability for this really cool Sportsman's Night they have coming up at Stoll's Old 109. And if you haven't gotten tickets yet or haven't found out the information about it yet, by all means, by all means, do so. And, again, you can find them on Facebook, Stoles Old 109, uh, up there in Watertown. Good stuff. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
on a really nice note uh, from Dwayne, and uh, Dwayne listens to us every day. He's in Milwaukee. He said, uh, hey, I've got a cousin coming from uh, San Modesto and uh, said that uh, is going to be riding this coming Sunday for his father, who's a longtime Army vet, uh, bounced around city to city throughout the United States on different Army bases and just wanted you to know. Dwayne, that's awesome. And uh, please, um, you know, when you guys get there, uh, find me. And, and let me know. I want to say hello and say thank you. But, um, man, that's 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 really cool. We've got uh, – I, I said we have a, a guy coming from uh, British Columbia. We've got a bike coming over from Hawaii. Uh, so, you know, we're people that are coming from all over the country. And I can't take credit for all of that. I mean, I, I'd love to. But uh, between uh, Jesse from the, the band Jackal and Jesse James Spirits and such – uh, his promotion, uh, the people from Harley Davidson, and the museum and their promotion, um, uh, Tim Duffy, and his dogs, the Tags Group, um, that uh, are one soldier, uh, one soldier, one one dog, one soldier, I think, and then the dogs, the Tags Group here in the state of Wisconsin that are helping out and such, Fisher House nationally, obviously. So it's it's it, it's an honor. I'm glad that uh, glad that they're coming, and you know, like I've said every every year, it's become almost like a family reunion. I, I, it's funny because uh, we had uh, a couple of the combat vets that were excited because combat vets from around the state are coming in, and they're excited to see these guys that they haven't seen in a while. And they said, usually the only time we see these guys is on your ride. So it's it's become kind of a family reunion. So uh, thanks so much, Dwayne. I appreciate it, and we're looking forward to it. Um, so thanks so much. 877-867-1670, By the way, if you uh, have not gotten signed up yet or haven't found the information on it, please do so. Please join us. Uh, we, we can't, I, I can't beg you enough. Uh, Facebook.com slash big unit poker run. Facebook.com slash big unit poker run. And all the information is right there. And to get pre-registered, which is what we're hoping you'll do, because the weather is going to be spectacular. Uh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be a perfect day for riding, getting out in the wind, uh, you know, no chance of rain, nothing like that. Even the evening party after the sun starts to go down is going to be awesome because it's still going to be warm. You're not going to need a bunch of jackets and everything. It's going to be perfect. And everything has really, really come together in, in so many different, uh, you know, facets. But, uh, again, go there or just scan the QR code and join us. But the only way to get a little bit of a discount, and to get registered for those pre-registration prizes is to pre-register. And you get discounted tickets to the Harley-Davidson Museum as well. So, uh, And that's where we're going to be tomorrow, by the way. The broadcast tomorrow will be live from the Harley-Davidson Museum. It's going to be like an infomercial tomorrow. So I don't want to bore the hell out of you, but we're doing something really, really good for veterans, military members, and their families. So please uh, come and help us out. So thanks so much. 877-867-1670. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Give us a shout, uh, Kurt. Kurt, welcome to the program, man. What's happening? Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. Kurt's live at the uh, friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Just checking oh, in on Brewers Cubs. This might be the biggest there game of the go. year, Bill. I uh, yeah. well, you know, Kurt. I said yesterday that if the Brewers won this game that last night that I would have proclaimed them the NF or the National League Central champions because I just didn't think with six games to go and 1.25 games on average game per week that there wouldn't be enough weeks left in the season for the Brewers to be caught by the Cubs. 
But the Cubs got a win last night, so today is a big game looming large, in not only in the fact that uh, you know, you've only got three games left between these two teams, but then do the Cubs get a game closer, or do they take that step back and become that much more difficult for them to try to catch the Milwaukee Brewers and actually win the division? So give me your thoughts live at Wrigley. Yeah, I mean, hey, they win today. It's pretty much the same effect as winning last night. Uh, if you're ready to declare, declare it over after a win last night, maybe uh, same effect after tonight. Um, I, wouldn't play, I, I think, like, the Cubs are a good team, better than I thought they were going to be coming into the year, better than I thought they actually were, like, mid-July. So I see them for sure as a playoff team, whether they win the division or not, um, like, this division is the Brewers to lose at this point. Even if they lose today, they've done more than enough to put themselves in that position. Um, I guess then part of the answer will come today as we continue to find out more. Like, is, how real is this offensive outbreak that they've had? It's come out of left field, minus last night. A uh, little bit of a reversion to old trends. But, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to see over the, la- the last month of the year, like, is offense for real, or is it, you know, is the one we saw for four months actually what the Brewers are? Um, so, by the way, we're talking with Kurt Hoagie, and uh, I wanted to ask you about the story that was put together that you guys did on Sal Freelich, and which uh, I've said that there's a couple of things to me that I, I look at jump starting this season. One, when Garrett Mitchell started, it, it was like uh, this, you know, this battery has been put into the Milwaukee Brewers and there was this energy. Then he goes down and there's this gasp and there's this this kind of down period of emotion. And then Sal Freelich is caught up and had that amazing first game. He's been kind of igniter. He instantly became somewhat of a fan favorite, if you will. And so between Sal Freelich and then they pick up Carlos Santana over the weekend, I watch him twist his ankle and basically tell Craig Council and the training staff, get the hell out of here. I'm not coming out of this game because I want to play in a playoff situation. I thought there's two balls of energy here that are trending in the right direction for this team. Those two moments are it. So give me your thoughts and talk about the Sal Freelich, uh, you know, bring up, so to speak. Yeah, Sal Freelich, uh, for sure. What, what makes him so interesting is it's just like a, it's a completely different profile as a hitter than, anything else the Brewers have on the roster. I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to say he's the best hitter on the team. He's certainly never going to be hit for the most power and you need those power bats. But what you also need is guys who are just annoying at bats for the opposition. And that's exactly what he is. He'll take his walks, he'll slap the thing up the left. So um, that solidified a spot as well as Tyrone Taylor, like coming around too. those two have solidified a spot in right field and center field where the Brewers had not gotten, Almost any offensive production all year from 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 those positions. So uh, so, so that's been big. You um, talked about Carlos Santana. Also, Willie Adams has come around, and as we all know, this team kind of goes as as Willie goes when he's hot. Seems to be that the Brewers are hot. When he's not, seems that the Brewers' offense really struggles, and he's hot right now. Um, like I said earlier, there's a month left to see. You know, if he can if he can keep this up, that'll be big. If Willie stays hot for the last month. The Brewers should run away with this thing. What has been the change in in Christian Yelich uh, from starting off earlier this season to where he is today? What what has been different? Well, there's a lot, been a lot of talk about the toe tap, right? Um, like the the swing mechanics are a little different. The swing looks freer, it looks easier. I think he's also healthier. Um, but if you talk to Yelich, and like some of it just comes down to like. I don't know. I, I still thought I was a I could be a good to great player, and I didn't have good to great seasons the last couple of years. But I knew it was still in me, and 
here it is. And maybe that's maybe like it really is that simple. Um, I think we, including myself, like try to break down all the little things that he's doing differently to to be you know an all star level type player again this year. But maybe it really is just like he was good all along. He had you know he still had it in him, uh, and it just wasn't coming out for whatever reason. Maybe it's just because baseball's a, a finicky, weird game, and you know, you hit a bunch of balls right at someone and it, it doesn't go your way. So, yeah, there's, there's a variety of things going into it, but maybe it is that simple. When you look at this Brewers pitching staff, now remember the pitching staff, and I said at the beginning of the season, I thought it was one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball. It, with where they're at right now, how confident are you that if this team should make it to the postseason, and in all likelihood they will, that they go one to a four-man rotation, and then they they look to be, in my opinion, the most uh, I guess polished and/or dominant starting rotation, probably out of just about any team going to the postseason, don't they? Yeah, for sure in the National League. I mean, especially with the way they're pitching right now, like on name brand alone, yeah, for sure. But as we saw throughout a lot of the year, I mean, Brandon Woodruff was hurt. Freddie Peralta wasn't pitching like he's capable of. Corbin Burns has been up and down. But now Freddie Peralta has been the best pitcher in, in the league in the second half. Brandon Woodruff's throwing today. He's been excellent since he came back from injury. Looks like he hasn't missed a step. Uh, Corbin Burns, a little bit up and down, but, like, <laughs> he, I, I, would, I would take him on the mound in a, in a playoff, playoff series for sure. Like, Maybe the Dodgers have something to say about a pretty good rotation themselves, but yeah, I mean, if you like, if you did a draft, maybe you know the rotations that you would want going into a five-game series. Brewers would probably play a three-game series to kick things off. I don't know. I'd I'd probably take my my bets with with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and then you throw you know Wade Miley, just like a, a crafty crafty veteran who's, who's been there before. I'd I'd take those odds for sure. Uh, we know that, uh, real quick, we know that uh, the uh, the Angels just put four guys, two pitchers, relief pitchers, base hitters, things like that, all on, uh, they just DFA'd them. They just uh, waved them all. Do the Brewers have any interest maybe in bringing back a Hunter Renfro? I think the question with that is, well, it's probably twofold. One is do those players even get to the Brewers on waivers? Because the Brewers are, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think they're like 24th or 25th on the waiver right, waiver wire right now. And it kind of just works like how your fantasy football waivers work. If anyone puts, you know, if teams ahead of them put claims in for those guys, then they don't get a chance at them. So I think there's going to be a little bit of outcry uh, if, you know, like if from teams that are, whether in the Brewers position or, you know, around that. Um, if teams that are fighting for the first spot in the playoffs but have higher waiver position, like, I don't know, someone like the Reds or the Giants or the Marlins or someone claims a Lucas Giolito, and all of a sudden they get a gift of a – he hasn't pitched well the last month or so, but a historically really good pitcher uh, that, you know, they didn't have to give up anything for and the Brewers didn't have a chance to get him. Like, there will be some teams that are – that have their feathers ruffled by that for sure. Uh, I don't know, even, you know, would the Brewers, it's a question of would the Brewers like spend the money to, it's probably a couple million, two, three, four million for any of these guys. That's always the other question with the Brewers, are they willing to spend? Um, but the odds are probably someone ahead of them, bigger market, 
more willing to spend the money, maybe a little more desperate right now fighting for a wild card spot, would uh, put a claim in for some of those guys. So at the end of the day, I don't really even know if the Brewers are going to have a chance to get right. any of that. Kurt, tell me, does Craig Council come back next year? Oh, oh that's for them spot. Um, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth on it for sure. I, I, I think Craig is, well, Craig and people around him, like his family might know. I'm not entirely sure he's made up his his mind on it either. I mean, there's there's definitely good, you know, valid reasons you can see uh, on both sides. Like being a competitor, you know, being in baseball is all that the manager's ever known. You know, I think he he loves the the daily grind of it all. Uh, but at the same time, you have kids. You haven't really seen them, you know, get to grow up as much as you'd like, especially in the spring and summer and fall months, and see them play baseball as much as in other sports as much as you'd like kids are in college our two oldest sons are in college now playing baseball so that's obviously a, a you know that, that has some pull and some sway to it as well so I, I legitimately go back and forth on it always great to talk Kerr. we appreciate it and we will get you back on soon specifically during the postseason because i'm just waiting for the win today to declare the brewers the national league central champions man that's right that's right just like game 163 all over again here at Wrigley. that's it that's it. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Thanks. There you go. Kurt Hogg joining us uh, from the Journal Sentinel for a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about this Brewers team and Brewers hoping to get a win today. By the way, if you are listening to the program and uh, many of the uh, radio stations that uh, the network is on are going to flip over to Brewers Baseball coming up here a little bit later on today, you got to download the app, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison, the Zone Madison. Download the app. Go to your Go to your uh, mobile device, whatever that may be, and look up the Zone Madison, and you can find us there. Or just go to thebillmichaels.com, and you can click on the Listen Live link. You can listen to us there as well. You can do that every day. Or just go to YouTube, youtube.com, 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 slash Bill Michaels Show, youtube.com, slash Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michaels Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. down at the, uh, the Harley-Davidson Museum, and I uh, can't wait for that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Friday, Sean Merriman is going to be joining us, uh, the former linebacker in the NFL and also a UFC fight promoter, so he's going to be here Friday. Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be here Friday, probably here from Mike Clements at some point on Friday as well. We got uh, tomorrow will be Paul Charchian bringing you some uh, fantasy football stuff tomorrow also. So we've got Charge back with us, and I'm in the midst of the uh, Paul Charge and Guillotine League right now, the uh, the draft. So we got that going on. So we've got uh, – we're loaded the rest of the week, and we're doing nothing but promoting our ass off, trying to get as many motorcyclists as we can to join us. And I, I keep getting this. Uh, this one came to me from Tom. Tom says, uh, I ride a Honda. Does it matter? No, doesn't matter. I don't care if you ride a Honda, an Indian, Suzuki, Kawasaki. Bring it. Bring it. We'd love to have, you know, we're at the Harley-Davidson Museum, but bring it. Doesn't matter. This is about uh, the ride and the, the benefit. 
not what you're riding. So bring it. We'd love to have you. And I've even had some people ask about Can-Ams. Yes, uh, you can bring a Can-Am. Uh, you can bring a slingshot. You ride towards the back just be for the spacing issues. But beyond that, yeah, we'll take you. Come on. Bring it. Love to have you. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show. Coming up next. Next.